think the sleepover is going to be our best yet. Yeah, we're going to have so much sex. I mean, sex. I mean, play some Nintendo 69, maybe a few rounds of Golden Shower 007 or WWF. Have mercy. Have mercy. Finish it off with some Mario Party. Guys, I'm uh, too scared. <laughs> it's going to happen again. He comes at night. What does? A monster? An alien? Wait, Tim Allen? It's Tim Allen. Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Oh, okay. My, my trouser hog. I feel like I can't control it. Takes over and then, then it comes at night and ruins my bed sheets. I feel like you've done a bit like this before. Yeah, seems oddly familiar. Title of a movie, sexual innuendo, ruining of bed sheets. We've definitely done this before. Hey, fuck you guys. This is a real problem. Yeah, okay, bud. If it is real, we need solid or liquid proof. We need credentials. Exactly. We need to see this for ourselves before we can even consider helping you. Fine. Okay, gather around. Gather around. Don't be shy. Let's set an alarm for 3 a.m. The witching hour. Come on, snuggle up. There you go. Get my arm. Now let's get some shut eye. It's happening. It's coming at night. It's it's Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. He's coming out of Ryan's penis. Tim comes at night. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. doing it's action what am i doing what are you drinking over there andy and what am i doing what are you drinking um beer yeah beer warm from a cup hey guys how you doing it's been a while oh yeah it's, it's been, been a while, while. Since i've sat here with my boys with my pants it's only been a, my it's only been a week it's been Has a it? week it's oh. been a week why does we- it feel like we skipped a week this week has felt really long honestly maybe it's just me yeah it has it has uh, have you guys been uh, doing anything over the last week that's fun? Um, uh, Not really. <laughs> watch some movies. Eating a lot of popcorn. Ryan's eating a lot of popcorn. Popcorn sounds really good. You guys got some? I've been having a bag every night for like three weeks. That doesn't sound healthy. No. No, it doesn't. You're still having regular bowel movements? Define regular... Because technically, I never had a regular problem. Oh. I live a stressful life. 
No, it doesn't help. Full of uh, stressful poos. Did you guys finally get to playing Callisto yet? Yes, we yeah. started it last yeah? night. Played about an hour. How did you like it? So far, it's fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching some gameplay and it definitely looks fun. And it's the definitely incredible. A learning curve with the dodging. So that's what I'm kind of seeing is like people that maybe found it too hard don't like it. I like games that make me hard. Yeah, um, we're on medium difficulty and we've died like five times already at least. You, yeah. It's mostly just because I'm so used to like precise dodging in games. And whereas this, you have to hold a button. And I play tactical RPGs and card battlers. <laughs> so this probably isn't your favorite gameplay wise then? Well, no, but also it does feel a lot like Dead Space, which yeah, was one of my of all time favorite games. And that's what games. he, why he wanted to play yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely getting that vibe. Um, a fun game for Ryan to watch you play then. No. We've he's been in, playing. Yeah, yeah, he's enjoying it so nice. far. Cool. He's been wanting to play. We played Resident Evil 2. Yeah, oh, right. we've finished yeah. 2 and we've almost finished 3. Started playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. I'm not a Marvel fan, but it's got my two favorite things. Tactical and card battle. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. So if you, I guess you collect cards that act as the movements your characters can make in battle and that kind of thing? Uh, you collect these things called like Coil, which you... Uh, coil them together you can like open them up and you get new cards for your characters and there's like a bunch of different skins and stuff so i've that's, only played a little bit but it's pretty fun so far that's a game ryan will play by himself yeah because i don't like either of those speaking of playing by yourself welcome to another episode of survive the night podcast the top rated podcast on spotify 4.9 no because <laughs> no, i i got interested and i looked at what the last podcast on the left rating is oh, it's also a 4.9 but they've got like thirty thousand folks jesus so. we're, we'll get there we're as high we'll rated. get there man we're, what i want to know 13 votes which one of you sons of bitches didn't rate us five yeah you fuck. what do they rate us I don't know, because we're be... 4.9, so somebody had to have rated us lower. Not super low, though, maybe, because that average, if it was really low, probably would have brought it down to lower than 4.9. So, so they maybe probably, like a 4.5 or something. probably listened to the first one, and they were like, this is garbage. Only you... a 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you are listening, and you're the one that rated us lower than 5, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you. Uh, my name is Amir, here with Andy. Hi. And Ryan. Yes. And this week was Ryan's choice, and we watched It Comes at Night. My first time watching this movie um, wasn't what I was expecting at all, because I think the title implies something that you don't actually maybe see. Uh we can talk about it a little bit more later, I guess. But yeah, the director writer like explains the title and all that stuff. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, Andy? This is the second time I've seen it. First time made me feel uh, very bad. Mm. It was a good movie, but it made me feel just awful. Yeah. And that feeling still exists for the second time. Nice. Uh, Ryan? I've seen this a couple of times now, and it's yeah, still really good. It's powerful. It's a powerful film. I will also apologize in advance that uh, I got a lot of sort of 
in terms of the realism in the movie vibes of like the last of us or walking dead. Um, yeah. Well, like I just even looking at the actor, Joel Edgerton, he Mm -hmm. could have played Joel. Joel. Totally. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, there's no fucking zombies and stuff in it anyway. There's nothing in it. Yeah. Exactly. a, uh, A disease. Yeah. So we're covering, it comes at night. Uh, I've added now the ratings they've got it. Got, got it. Whoa. So it's a rated R. Oh, oh you that. have the rating. I love oh. that. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> why? Does <laughs> Ryan say rated R? I don't know. You know why it's rated R? Because uh, they no kill penis. a child. Oh. <laughs> it literally shoots a child. We should get the Canadian rating. 18 plus. 18A? 18A. 18 plus. It's got to be that old for anal. <laughs> You got to be that old to shoot a child. That's not like a lie either. Oh, What's sodomy? Yeah, yeah you have to be 18 or but you can fuck just at 16. Illegal. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Good to know. When's the first time you were sodomized? Uh, 16? Uh, Anytime it goes to the washroom. <laughs> uh, I'm actually sodomizing that toilet. Uh, what? <laughs> okay, so this film came out in 2017. <laughs> Director, writer, Trey Edward Schultz. He's not really done anything else. He's done yeah. a few other things I've never heard of, but like, he, this is his only horror. He did a movie in 2019 called Waves that apparently was really good. I never saw it, but... Um, about the ocean? Was Yeah. Is it actually? Look, they, there's like a black family on a beach. <laughs> well, like Why a, is that funny to you? Castaway. <laughs> the composer, Brian McOmber has done a couple shorts and feature films, but again, nothing really noteworthy. He's kind of... A loser? Kind of a loser? (laughs) Uh, Special effects by John de Blasio and Nick Pointer. Again, mostly just like uh, unknown people in this. Starring Joel Edgerton. Edgerton? Edgerton. 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 He plays Paul. He wrote and acted in The Gift. I didn't know he wrote it. Yes. It's pretty cool. Uh, Acted in The Thing 2011. Uh, the Green Knight. Oh, yeah. The Stranger. And uh, he's in a movie I really liked, but it's not a horror movie. Uh, Warrior. Warrior. MMA? Oh, yeah. yeah. This movie was so good with... Um, uh, Bane. Yeah. What's his name? Tom? Tom Hardy. Yeah. Bane. Okay. I was born in that... You were born in what? The darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Abbott plays Will. He's in The Sinner, the television show. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in Possessor, and he's in a movie called Piercing. Have you guys seen? No. Know what it is? It's weird. Basically, he's a family man who uh, gets a hotel room and gets a uh, sex worker, and he plans on killing her there. Oh. And it's it's a super weird movie. Weird. It was fun. I would suggest going and it was watching fun. it. Fun. Yeah, it was just it was a weird movie. It was, it was written by a, a Japanese. Uh, it's a novel based on a novel by a Japanese author. Apparently, <laughs> you were gonna say by a Japanese, Japanese businessman. Business <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> Carmen, and I apologize for butchering this last name. Ehogo, Ejogo. Yeah, that sounds right. Plays Sarah. She's in The Purge, Anarchy, Alien Covenant, and some of True Detective. I haven't seen any of the Purge films yet. I still really want to watch the first one. That'd be a fun one to cover, I think. Sometime. I think I've only seen the first one, and I'm not going to lie, don't really have a desire to see it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first one I didn't 
it doesn't really play into the insanity that the whole setup or the, like the premise oh, makes. Yeah, okay. The sequels definitely like they go just off the rails. Riley Co plays Kim. She's in another movie that's not horror, but it's fucking awesome. The Runaways. Love that movie. Uh, the house that Jack built in The Lodge. Oh, The Lodge. I want to watch The Lodge. It's a good movie. Kelvin Harrison Jr. plays Travis. Hasn't really been in much else. Uh, Griffin Robert Faulkner, who plays Andrew, the little boy. He was in Daniel Isn't Real. Oh. So that's weird. And then David Pendleton plays Bud. And Bud. Mikey plays Stanley. Mikey the dog? Yeah. Uh-huh. He got a credit. Oh. He hasn't he's been in anything dog. else. It, he, you know what breed it was? Uh, dog. Kind of looked like a mutt. Kind of looked like a dog. Okay. <laughs> Why are you so angry about it? I don't know. Kind of looked like a dog. <laughs> are you done? Yep. Okay. Go for it. So during a deadly pandemic, a family brings in strangers into their fortified household. Anything else that you would add on to that? Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we begin seeing a very old man who is looking very ill. He has sores all over his body and his veins are blackened. A woman speaks to him. You don't need to fight it. You can let it all go. The woman is wearing a gas mask and tells her father he needs to let go. I really like the effects on the sores, but they made me very uncomfortable. I don't know what it is about sores on people and not like a over, um, overdone violent way, like very realistically. Yeah. Um, a little fun fact about this part, her, uh, constantly, constantly saying, let it go was the inspiration to the song in frozen. Wow. Nice. That's dark man. And, uh, a younger man, um, man in a, a kid he's a teenager man and a younger man you can't really tell but he says it he's 17 you know he says he's 60 no no at the beginning they don't there's no no one's saying anything we don't know who these people are at the beginning okay but we know he's tall so he literally could be another 75 75 (laughs) if you're tall you're get older right yeah taller you get uh so they're wearing gas masks and they drag the man on a wheelbarrow filled with blankets out of a boarded up house. Robin made a comment at this part where they're wheelbarrowing him around that it's not very respectful way to like, but obviously, and I'm sure it's because of the disease. He's clearly like got something wrong with him and yeah. they're wearing like gas masks. They're also wear or not wearing, but they're, we don't know this yet, but they're basically in like the front portion of their house and uh, they've got like, plastic sheets up and stuff to try and quarantine them right. and keep them there. So yeah, you're not going to be very. And unfortunately, yeah, that's all probably the, all they have to transport him totally. is just a wheelbarrow. The one thing I was going to also add is we don't ever fully learn what the method of transmission is. I mean, we kind of surmise that you can touch maybe and spread it, but we don't know if it, you can breathe it or anything like that. They don't actually go into specifics about it. Do they? They don't, but, and it also starts to remind me of like the pandemic, the beginning of our pandemic. Of course. And no one really knew. No one knew. People were wearing like TVs on their head and like buckets. And there was a point coming up where he's very forceful about washing hands. And that's what brought me back because washing our hands was so, yeah. Anyway. So they lay him on the ground next to an open grave. It's more like just a hole. And then the man. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like an open grave. Yeah, just a hole. (laughs) Uh, 
the man says to the other guy, do you have anything to say to him? He says, I love you, Grandpa. He is shot with uh, a pillow over his head, rolled up and placed into the hole. Uh, I remember watching this the first time and this time, both thinking, oh, he's just going to smother him to death. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting yeah. that he pulls out the gun and shoots, shoots him, just tries to limit the sound. Uh, he's rolled up and placed into the hole. The man pours gasoline all over his body and lights it on fire. They watch as the black smoke fills the air. And then we get the title, It Comes at Night. We see a family, husband, Paul, wife, Sarah, and son, Travis, eat at a table by a lantern. I pulled up a fun fact about this, too. Um, do you know what the number one cause of forest fires is, Andy? Cigarettes. Burning the infected. <sighs> No, it's cigarettes. Smokey the Bear told me. This is going to be probably a, a It's going to be a bad yeah. episode. <laughs> so they're all like just hanging out, you know, as what families do. Yeah, eating some peas and some, eating some mash, peas and cues, some beef. Sarah talks to Paul, saying that Travis is seventeen and shouldn't have been there. Travis listens from the attic. Yeah. So uh, Sarah and Paul, we believe they're together, romantic styles. They're in bed talking about what had just uh, transpired and Travis is he's not really in the attic he's in like a crawl space area but he has he comes down from up from all the way upstairs does he yeah it mm. shows like he's up because he can hear all the rooms right from well up he, there. he like he crawls into this little area yeah. so that he can hear like the bedroom stuff more because mm -hmm. maybe I don't know it's just not as he's been like there. yeah he's just been like spying on everybody listening to their conversation listening to them fuck probably let's be honest <laughs> this kid probably listens to his parents have sex all the time a little creep do you have experience from that? I was going to ask you guys. Have you I was going to say, did you ever walk in on your parents boning? <laughs> My voice cracked up because yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> I was going to ask you, if you when you were growing up if you could hear your parents argue from like the next room. It's a dark thing to ask, but... Uh, argue from the next room? Like this like everywhere. I was going to say the next room. They'd do it in front of me. Yeah, they was yeah. just everywhere. Parents suck. Like these guys too. Like I'm My sure parents you... did the smart thing though. They went in the car? They divorced. They divorced. Oh, <laughs> that is a smart thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I did once when I was a kid, but like they were just like, go to your room. <laughs> just slam the door. I was just saying all of movies like this when, when this is a kid is able to do this, why don't the parents ever clue in that, oh, maybe your kids can, they just don't give a fuck, I guess, but... They don't clue in about what? The fact that their kids can hear them arguing. Oh, yeah, I don't... Uh, who knows? Maybe they don't think that their kids are above them listening in. Yeah. Okay, I want to, you know, circle back. Amir, have you ever walked in on your parents banging? No. Hmm. Ryan, <laughs> did you do your parents bang? Probably not anymore. I was going to say, other than making children, do they do it recreationally? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. I, even, I, I don't even know how I was born. <laughs> <laughs> The stork brought you. They got they... a turkey baster. What about you, Ryan? I don't think I have. Or if I have, <laughs> I definitely buried it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Deep into your subconscious. Andy, let's talk about Dale. <laughs> you leave Dale out of this. <laughs> Dale would listen to this podcast if he could. But since he can't, how big is his dick? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well. Uh, so Travis goes downstairs to his bed, says hi it's to not, his... It's not downstairs. He goes downstairs. Because <laughs> he, he's like in the crawl space area and then he comes down, but he's on the second floor. Well, whatever. He goes to his room. And I should say, sorry, this house is fucking confusing. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't it make is. any it's sense. It's huge. Yeah. Because uh, 
we'll we'll see later they go out the front door or like this one door it's the only door but to me it looked like it was fucking like way yeah. up not on the ground it Honestly, was very confusing i never understood the layout of the house ever so whether it's second floor it basically floor, reminded me of like the overlook hotel and how nothing lines up like everything is just all over the place. So this is odd that you mentioned that. This movie was actually featured at a film festival called the Overlook Festival, which is oh, a, really? a horror film oh. festival inspired by um, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Um, also, we learn later that uh, Paul, the dad, is a teacher. How could he afford that giant of a house? It wasn't his house. It was oh, Bud's they, house. Oh, it was Bud's yeah. house. Yeah, because... Uh, we he mentions later on when he's walking that like oh this is uh two acres all buds oh yeah. well that shuts me right up yep yeah shut up oh also when uh travis goes downstairs to his bed he says hi to the dog but it's, it's not his dog it's bud's, bud's dog. dog yeah uh, and i'll I, take care of you and i realized like, like he's laying on the because there's two beds in the bedroom <clears throat> i believe that's where bud slept that's why oh. the dog's sleeping on the other bed i also think that the fact that it's bud's dog is a key plot point in this film okay so yeah he says hi to stanley the dog says he'll take care of him now sees photos of him with his grandfather on the wall and then he looks at a very creepy painting of a war with burning bodies and skeletons attacking. And this is a, a very famous painting, is but I, I don't remember what it is. Okay. Cool skeletons. Okay. Long shot of a dark hallway leading uh, to the front red door. Okay, so let me jump in here real quick. So uh, throughout the film, we get... Uh, a few scenes from Travis's perspective where it's uh, he's dreaming yeah yep. and uh, the camera angle the aspect ratio changes each time he's dreaming oh. to a slightly I think it's like four to one and then it goes three to one maybe okay. anywho the um, yeah so we see a long shot of a dark hallway which we're gonna see quite a bit and then a red door this red door is super important and uh, it like it symbolizes stuff I won't get into it. We won't it. get into it yet. Well, yeah. I also just want to bring up the painting. It's called The Triumph of Death. Uh, it's a painting from the 1500s, apparently. Yeah, it's terrifying. It is. Yeah. Not something you'd want to keep around during a pandemic. So the door opens. Travis walks through and sees his grandfather sitting shirtless on a bed. He is startled and black tar comes out of his mouth. And he... he keeps doing like this really creepy, weird, like screeching scream, like mm -hmm. inhale sound. Um, I was going to say the perspective of, of Bud we see over his shoulder reminded me of Joker where we see uh, Joaquin Phoenix's back all like the spines coming out and stuff like that. Oh yeah. He's looking really sickly. Definitely. He's awakened from his dream. His mom says someone is in the house. Sarah and Paul rush to the door with guns pointing to it, rattling and pounding at the door. A younger man breaks uh, through. Sorry, Paul. He like... Doesn't he drops, shoot well, or he, something? He, so, fuck, it's hard to explain. So the hallway is like a sharp left turn to the front mm -hmm. door. Uh, when you go from the corner into the actual house, you go to the corner and then you start walking towards the door. It opens up slightly. So he kind of flips around the corner, drops down and points the gun at the door. And as soon as the door opens, he just fires. Right. And somehow it doesn't hit the guy. No. But the younger man does break through. Paul shoots him and tells him to drop it or he will drop him. And But they are at a Mexican standoff here, kind of. They're both pointing their guns at each other. No. 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 We'll, well, the we other find guy, out his name. But uh, yeah, the other guy immediately is like, nope, nope, we're done. Yeah. 
He tells him to lay down, asks if he's sick. He says no. Paul knocks him out with the butt of the gun. Would you have knocked him out? But I have knocked him out? I probably would have shot him. I was going to say, yeah, I probably just would have been like, yeah, you can't be here. Yeah. We see a lot of scenarios like this with, between Paul and Will and yes. choices he makes, which um, we can put ourselves in. I did like this scene where he's he's like, he's asking, you, are you infected? Are you infected? Take your fucking bandana off. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's checking his hands, his neck, his like eyes. His eyes, yeah. And then he's like, he says something else. And then all of a sudden Will's like, no, no, no. And then he Boop. slams him with the butt yeah. of the gun. Boop. Paul disarms him and asks Sarah to watch him. Paul needs some rope and some duct tape. Which he asked Travis to grab. Has anyone's dad asked this of them? Rope uh, and duct tape? To get you to get him rope and duct tape. No. Usually just get the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. No, for re- my mom. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Ryan? No. Hopefully something less sad. Did your dad ask you to bring him anything? Nothing I can think of. No, not really. Love? Table? <laughs> Ryan, get the table! <laughs> you? I'm sure he's asked me to grab some duct tape now and then. He used duct tape for everything. Oh, one of those Big guys. fan of the Red Green show? He was, yes. Wow. I hated that show as a kid. Fucking loved it when I got older. Yeah, I hated it also as a kid. I have not watched it Same. as an I, older. I would always get mad when I see that. I would TV. just be like, this is too... Too stereotypically white Canadian for me. Yeah, creating bad stereotypes, right? Green show, stop. Godzilla says it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul goes outside with his gun looking for any, uh, any other people. Sarah is waiting by the door. Paul knocks. He takes the man out into the forest on the wheelbarrow and dumps him. Um, we should say maybe, uh, so Sarah's waiting there by the door like pointing the gun at him and I think Travis is kind of like looking him over and stuff and then yeah Paul knocks on the door and they freak out a little bit and she's like who the fuck's there kind of thing yeah. and he's like it's Paul it's Paul it's Paul uh, Sarah fixes the front oh sorry he takes the man out on the wheelbarrow dumps him Travis and Paul tie him around a tree Sarah fixes the uh, French door lock Travis seems really apprehensive about totally. doing this i mean he is a 17 year old kid probably yeah. hasn't really seen anything like this but like when uh he stuffs paul stuffs the bandana in the stranger's mouth and then asks uh travis to duct tape him he's like but he's not going to be able to breathe he's like you'll be able to breathe out of his mouth we also notice that there's like a bit of tension between the two of them definitely because he's like does this look like a foot and a half to you like he's like this this is a foot and a half he's like okay i'm sorry he's like no no i'm not mad at you just this but like oh, you I've can been, tell how incredibly I've tense there. everything is. i've been there i did I, find paul a little bit unhinged at times during the first uh, i would believe half of the movie yes well again you would find out like he's a fucking teacher and he's got to try and protect his family yeah yeah a little unhinged. I, I would be a little unhinged he also just shot his you know father-in-law right so they have a bag over the man's head and to tape his mouth. He's tr- uh, he tries to scream, but it's just muffled. And then we get another dream. And we hear him screaming basically throughout the night. Yeah. Yeah. Travis is walking through the forest with a lantern. Also, these lanterns are not like lantern lanterns. They're like not flames, you mean? Not no, it's flames, like, like um, battery powered. Yeah. He hears muffled screaming. He then sees a man from earlier standing over him with blackened eyes. Paul goes to see the man in the daytime. I will say all of the dream sequences are quite creepy. I would say that that's where most of the, the horror, is. horror comes from. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's roll back here a little bit. Amir. 
So you that the car sound, break? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an old sad dog. <laughs> You're in this pandemic-y thing, whatever. You don't really know what's happening too much other than people are getting sick and it is contagious. And then you hear some sounds coming from the front of your house. What do you do? I hear some sounds coming up from the front of my house. I see my wife, Andy, sleeping next to me. <laughs> Andy, wake up. Wake up. Yes. Eh. He's... Yeah, I'm not waking up. Deep into sleep. He's not waking up. Like, oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> fucking assholes. He said Andy, like a dude, <laughs> Ed, but you're still <laughs> a woman. <laughs> when we get married, he's going to be a wife. woman. <laughs> I'm his wife. He's going to wear a wig for Andy me. Andy could be a woman's name. Wear a dress. It's like Toxic Avenger. You got hit in the nuts and now you're just speaking <laughs> in a falsetto for some reason. Uh, Andy's not waking up. I go to the other room and like my kid, you know, he might be apprehensive and shit, but he's still a tall boy. <laughs> <laughs> Come uh, on, tall boy. Let's go check me. it out. Come with me. And uh, he does. I got my gun. Uh, I hear rumbling in the kitchen. And it sounds like people are going through the cupboards. I'm like, what? I don't have any food in there, you idiot. And uh, so I walk in and I, the person is there going through my cupboards. And uh, I'm like, what are you doing? He just not armed or anything. So I'm not, you know, in danger of dying. <laughs> and he turns around and I raise my flashlight up at his face. And it's Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and he's looking for Jello. <laughs> so and scene. He that says, was probably the nicest uh, Bill Cosby's been talked about in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the, looking for Jello, the but best... there's drugs in that Jello oh. packet. <laughs> That he can put with him to sleep. <laughs> I was gonna say that. He's was... like, "Hey, you got any wives around here to give them the pudding bop?" <laughs> Jesus I don't know Christ. how to do it. You gotta Cosby. work on your craft, yeah. yeah, yeah. I never watched the show. You missed out. You really did. did. You missed out was... before he did terrible things. Yeah, but now I know he did terrible things. I'm not gonna it's watch. It's so uncomfortable. I tried, and like anytime he touches one of his daughters. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, Andrew, you've woken up from a spooky sound. You gotta go check it out. All right. It's exactly like a mirrors, except instead of like, oh, you know, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, okay, I got to get the, the, my gun out. I'm going to go see what's going on. I hear like this rattling going on in the kitchen. Someone's going through the cupboards. It's just a family of raccoons. That's also what I thought the first time Amir started talking, especially <laughs> since I said it was in the front, like yeah. the door and stuff. But for some reason now it's in the kitchen. And wow. it's a family of raccoons. And... I am just shocked. And I'm like, okay. Now we've got meat for a couple days. I'm like, mm. you can come live with us. Raccoon Don't dogs. worry about it. <clears throat> Everyone's going to be okay. So during a pandemic, Andrew would die from rabies instead? <laughs> That'd be a shitty way to go, man. Have you seen videos of people yeah. having the water we phobia thing? And we talked about this. It's fucking, it's terrifying. If you haven't seen videos of it, go <laughs> check it out on YouTube. It's actually so scary to see somebody try and take a drink of water and they physically cannot. I'd hmm. love this to be a hallmark of our podcast. Every episode, Ryan I just feel like you guys. <laughs> but anyway, these, these, these raccoons, raccoons and Cosby, they, they don't, both, they both look like bandits. They, <laughs> whoa. Not I'm sure we can leave that in. <laughs> no, because he's a crook, you know, because he, what? what are you implying? <laughs> that, 
he looks like a man because <laughs> he's black. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's not what I was saying. That's <laughs> not what I was saying either. Let it be stricken from the record. No, it's too good. Anyway, these these uh, records, you know what they I don't was have thinking? rabies. I was thinking we need to strike it because you were... Uh, saying he was like a raccoon and part of the oh, word raccoon is a slur. That's totally right. not what I was. That's what I was doing. <sighs> anyway, these raccoons, they don't have rabies. They have babies. With rabies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. They They're brought their babies. These are wild them? animals, Andrew. How many, how many are there? Five. How many babies? Five. <laughs> so there's no adults? Five. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> it's your turn, Ryan. Um... So you have to deal with uh, hearing there's oh, Bill Cosby and everything. <laughs> Bill Cosby with rabies. So I guess I'm the son. Yeah. Okay. So I wake up. I didn't actually go down the stairs with my dad. He was trying to wake me up, but I was like, "No, I'm not asleep. Shut up." So I go down, and you know, my mom Andrew is there, like Hello. petting the raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Child? <laughs> Andrew gets bit, so I put one between his eyes. <laughs> oh, no. Thank and then uh, Amir, my dad, is like, oh, my God, Bill Cosby? I was a big fan of you. And then Bill Cosby's like, oh, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Amir does, because he was a big fan of him. And he gets knocked out, so I put oh, no. one between his eyes. <laughs> And then uh, it's just me and Bill Cosby. And a bunch of raccoons. Oh, yeah. I guess the raccoons are still there. And it's my new family. I'll be real with you guys. Everyone got away with from that. Oh, bit. my goodness. Anyway, Paul goes to see the man in the daytime. Will. He goes to... Sorry, one sec. He tells him to get up. No one came to untie him. Paul takes off Why'd his... Why'd you add that in? What do you mean? The no one came to untie him thing. Because he was kind of like leaving him out there to see if there was other people. Oh, oh. is that why? Yeah. I had not gotten that from him. Same. Thank yeah. you for shedding. Because he like checked all the things to see if anyone had like maybe have come by to... I thought loose. it might have been related to the infection, like to see if he got, but probably that too. But that's also what I was thinking. Yeah. I thought he left him out there because he was like, well, if he is infected, I don't want him anywhere near me, but I also can't let him go because he knows where we live now. Exactly. But yeah, there's probably people like would be looking for him if he was with a bunch of people in the, in the like vicinity of the house. So Paul takes off his gas mask after checking to make sure he's not infected. Yeah. Says he will use the gun if he has to. He wants honest answers. He will give him water if he's honest. He takes off the tape, asks why he broke into the house. He didn't think anyone was in there. It was abandoned and he wanted supplies. Because uh, the house, they've like boarded it up and stuff. Probably, I assume, to make it more protected. His family is running out of supplies and they are uh, uh, 50 miles away from them. I like the way we learn the sort of the rules of the universe in these conversations. Obviously, now I realize resources are very scarce in this world. Um, food is very limited, clearly, and it seems like it's worth it to maybe risk your life to get more of it. You know, which is like the you know the main trope for a lot of these like apocalyptic type of movies. But I mean, it's also pretty fucking fair. 
Mm -hmm. Like, yes, yeah. that is kind of what you would be doing in this situation. Also, they are living in like the backwoods area. Like they are not in a city. No, we don't really ever know what it's like in cities. No. They keep wondering throughout the movie. Uh, they are staying with his brother or they were staying with his brother, but the, he's dead now. And he said, like, he's 80 miles away. Oh. It's like, well, why, why aren't you still with your brother? Where's he? And he's like, oh, he's dead now, which is a plot point. Yeah. This is very important detail. Um, he also, like you say, he says, oh, well, my f family's in an abandoned house 50 miles away. He's looking for food and all that shit. And he's like, well, like, he's like, do you, do you know anything about what's going on out there? Do you have any information? He's like, no, as soon as stuff started happening, we got out of the city immediately. Did you guys trust Will at this point? Like the first time you saw no. this? No, I did not. And honestly, throughout the entire film. No. Just, yeah. Nope. Yeah. He doesn't look like a trustworthy this guy. This was the closest, this point was the closest maybe that I got to it or like the ensuing battle we're about to see maybe around then. But then after mm -hmm. that, I was like, no, this guy's a fucking liar. Kill him. But Paul does grill him like with so many questions. And I wrote down like a border agent. Which is weird because the few times <laughs> I've crossed the border, I give them my uh, passport and they're like, where are you going? I tell them, he's like, how long are you going to be there? I tell him, and he's like, okay, on your way. Yeah, it's because you're white. But he just said, I've, I don't like I've had he's so white. many, oh. so many times where they've asked me like, where am I going? Who am I seeing? <clears throat> how do you know this person? Uh, like, what does he do for work? Like, what do you do for work? And then one time I, I handed him my uh, documents and <laughs> and blind, like without even like <clears throat> looking at me, he hands them back and like slices my face with what? With my uh, passport. <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> like a paper cut? <laughs> yeah. This is real? This is real. Oh. <laughs> and several times before, like going into the- I thought you were improv. No, this was real. <laughs> he sliced my face. He cut my my like mm. part of my eyebrow. At least you haven't been asked if you've spent any time in Yemen. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong wrong with Yemen? I've been pulled in because of my last name. Obviously, and, like, associations to terrorism. Uh, to like you, uh, mm. you've been on YouTube lately. You've been uh, <laughs> looking at any videos. Uh, Is it uh, terrorism through animal uh, rights activism? No. Although once I did say that I was going to South America for farming. This was at an airport and uh, they were asking me like, oh yeah, marijuana farming? Like what? what? <laughs> wow, that was... Um, but, but yeah, when Paul's talking to Will here at one point, Paul says, convince me. Like, yeah, yeah. He, like, and he's, you can tell he's desperate. He's like, please convince me because... Yeah, he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. Paul asks if he knows what's going on. The man says he doesn't know and has stuck to the woods. He has a lot of food, but no water. He, and then uh, Paul says, help me and I can help you. Or no, I think Will, Will says, says that, yeah. He has a bunch of chickens and goats. Paul gives him water. He says he has food, too. Which is also like, the fuck you get these chickens and goats? True. Travis and Sarah look on. Sarah considers bringing the family into the house. He knows where we live. We can't just let him go. He could bring the animals he has uh, to the house for food. Paul goes out with the stranger. Will. They leave in a truck. He unties him. They are getting into the back of a truck to find his family. Well, not they. So they've said each other's names now. So this stranger is, actually, his name is Will. Actually, no, he hasn't introduced himself. Isn't it? No, he doesn't introduce himself until the attack. Yeah, he oh, asks really? him what his name yeah. is after there the attack. Yeah. Which is so stupid <clears throat> because you'd think at that point, he'd be like, What's your what name? the fuck is your name? But I also... Okay. 
sliding there. I also think it's kind of a, um, like a, it's not a distancing thing, but it's like, you know, I'm not trying to put a name to the face. I'm uh, trying to keep okay. you anonymous. Just in case I have in to kill you. Gotta, you're still my enemy right now, yeah. Yeah. to some degree. Right now, you're my frenemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you good. could go anywhere. Yeah. So they go look for his family. Travis looks on from the attic as they leave. The man gives him directions on where to go. And then we, this was the, the weird thing that we saw while we were watching the movie. Well, I saw and yeah. Michelle saw. Andrew did not see it. No. It was what? a man so, sitting yeah, in the so woods. He's driving, right? And we see a shot of basically from Paul's view looking out of the truck while he's driving through the woods. And the camera starts panning so that you can see his profile and the woods beside the trail. And if you look, like, I think it's on a stump. There's just a person sitting there. Hmm. Yeah. No. None of the characters see this guy. No. no. Nobody sees them. Because I remember reading something in the comments of a discussion on this movie that Travis sees something in the woods at some point, uh, near the time that the dog the dog gets oh, attacked. Okay. That's that's a scene, but we don't see anything there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the tires are shot out, and the truck hits a tree. More shots coming from the forest. Paul gets underneath the truck, and he sees a man and shoots him a few times. And then we see the stranger punching another man. Paul shoots him immediately. So, yeah, the glass gets shot out of one of the windows. Paul crawls under the vehicle, shoots one guy, and then misses. And he's like, he's trying to steady his breath to shoot. But obviously, it's going to be difficult. And then, yeah, the stranger is just beating the shit out of the other guy. And then before the stranger can really tell him to stop, Paul immediately shoots him. Andy, you're uh, in the driver's seat. <clears throat> Bill Cosby's in the passenger seat. Oh, why is he there? Ryan, your son's in the back <clears throat> with the raccoons. <laughs> and uh, the window gets shot out. You duck. You run into a tree. Cosby's panicking in the passenger seat. Ryan's ducking in the bed. What do you do? I'm grabbing Bill Cosby, using him as a human shield as I protect my family of raccoons. I don't care what happens to Ryan. I'm your son. I got new sons. <laughs> got the raccoon family. All right, Ryan. Except we, um, we, uh, we were, it's a tight shot to the cab where this is happening. And then we, we pan out and notice Andrew's just hallucinating. From the <laughs> <laughs> it's like people are trying to f like feed me water. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was, feed thinking, you <laughs> me. I was thinking that uh, Cosby and I would, Cosby's carrying a gat. He always carries a gat. A gat? Yeah, and we take all of these guys out. We actually kill the kid, uh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we just execute me? And uh, you're, I guess you weren't in your scenario, or I wasn't in your scenario, but um, you're dead too. <laughs> um, okay. Cosby and I go deeper into the woods. We build a treehouse, and uh, we're living in a treehouse together now. Nice. The raccoons forage food and berries for us, which Cosby has turned into Jello. <laughs> and Rohypno. <laughs> I was gonna say, does do you think Bill Cosby uses a the, the clob? Remember the clob from Goldeneye 007? Oh, uh, was it called the clob? Yeah, that's like the back of the gun, right? Or no, no, it was an actual gun that was like just a slapping? really bad gun. Oh no, I don't remember. That okay. Right. Um, so I, in my scenario, you both have a bullet between the eyes. Uh, we find this other person 
I'm like, oh fuck, what, what, what should we do, Cosby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What should we do? And we sit around as a new family. Cosby's like, I think, like, he did say he has a family wife. Wife. He has a wife. <laughs> <laughs> so we should go get her. <laughs> and then um, I turn to my new mom, like, oh, well, what do you think we should do, mom? And she's like, because <laughs> she's the raccoon. <laughs> So we decide to go, we're driving out, and, um, yeah. Okay. Sick. Sick. So Paul questions him about if he knew the man or not. Paul finally asks the stranger what his name is. Uh, but he, in, the, in that exchange, he seems to imply that he did know who the guy was. Yeah, he's like, did you know him? Well, like, it's, oh, it's a very tense situation. Yeah. yeah. He's freaking out. And then he's like, why didn't you want me to kill him? And he's like, because we could have fucking asked him questions. There yeah. could be other people. You could have got information. And then Paul's like, oh. You oh. smart boy. We better get out of here. <laughs> Uh, Paul asks Will to put or to wash his hands and then put on a mask and some gloves. This uh, is where he also asks him what his name is around yeah. this time. Yes. And he, he goes to the second guy he shot that Will was beating up and checks him for anything. And then he goes over to the other body to check it for anything as well. And then he ends up just like dragging them behind like a very large stump. Oh, I thought they put them in a hole. I don't think it was a hole. Like it was a hole made by like yeah, a tree yeah. falling over. Travis is waiting by the window. He sees a truck pull in. Paul, Will, and his family show up. His wife, Kim, and his younger son, Andrew. Amir, how old do you think Andrew is? Probably like 44. That's too old. How old who, do I think who is? Andrew. Not me. Uh, the child. Four. Is that right? Do you think that's, that's right? close, yeah. yeah. I think he's three or four, yeah. Like he's talking, but he's not talking that much. It always comes back to four. <laughs> Paul tells the rules of the house. We never go out at night, okay, guys? Yeah, the rules are basically like, you know, uh, do your dishes when you're done. Like, simple stuff to keep a nice routine, but also, if we do have to go out, we go out in twos, nothing less than that, and we never go out at night. Another rule is uh, to not talk about Fight Club. Oh, man. Oops. So I here, talked about it. This is when I started to see Paul in a different light because he, like a switch now, he's like this family dad, smiley, Family man? Family guy? Yeah. Uh, not tense at all anymore. He seems to like almost fully trust him at this point, which I was like, that's a little hasty there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have to think... Uh, like maybe he's like, oh fuck, some other people finally. Totally, yeah, I'm sure that is what he thinks. And we don't like we definitely <clears throat> see them all bonding, which we will like talk about in a second. Out of the three of us, I think Andrew would be the most excited for the people. I would, and I think I'd be like the least excited. To be fair, I probably would have shot the guy immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I think Andrew would have too, because it's like, oh fuck. This is my house. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I would have kept all three of them tied to a tree. Like, do you think, like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how you just... You just didn't even, like, think about the scenario. You're just like, this tree. is what I would have... <laughs> yeah. like, no, tree. I don't trust... Even the, especially the four-year-old. I don't trust that little shit at all. Like, you know, there's, like, a little bit of rattling at the door. And, like, the guy comes in. And I see that there's another person that isn't my family. And I'm just like, do you want to play Super Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> so Travis keeps making fuck eyes with Kim 
Travis is real excited. He is very excited. He's 17. He's 17? He hasn't had any punani. Okay. It's hard to find punani in the pandemic. Is that a new script you're writing? Pun- pun- punani pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reefer madness. <laughs> it's the sequel to, uh, what was that one we, we were writing? The uh, Kama Sutra Vampire. <laughs> it's coming along well, by the way. <laughs> so uh, Travis is spying on Kim and Will from the whatever his area is. It's like <laughs> it probably is the attic, but it's like a crawl space within the attic. I'll just say his peeping place, and he's listening in space. on their conversation. Kim is telling Will to get into the bath. Travis, Being like, haha, you're so stinky. <laughs> and then Travis is laughing with them as his, as if he's in on the joke, which I thought was really funny. As if he's naked with them. Yeah. They weren't naked. They weren't like naked. Not. <laughs> That's too bad. And then we get a, it wasn't really a montage, but like it felt like a montage of everyone just helping out around the house. It was like, um, and getting along. Sarah Sarah showing Kim how to do stuff. Will showing Travis how to uh, chop some wood. wood. But we also see Paul watching him show his kid how to do that. And you can see him being like, oh, you fucker. But I'm not even sure it's like, oh, you fucker. It's more like, I just, I still don't really trust you. Totally. Oh, okay. Getting too close to my son there, buddy boy. Okay, and then we see some sexy bath times with Kim and Will. Fuck. Both families are playing board games. Laughing. Laughing, enjoying each other's company. You know what game they were playing? Parcheesi. Yahtzee. Was it actually Yahtzee? Nope. Oh. (laughs) Monopoly. Was it actually? Nope. (laughs) What was it? I don't know, that's why I asked you guys. So we get another dream. Okay. Pop it. Another another dream. Travis dream. Muffled moaning. Travis wakes up. Oh, okay. So before this, he hears Kim and Will. Oh, doing it. Plowing the, the wild field. field. See, I knew it. He was listening to his parents fuck too. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. You're 17. You got nothing going on. Might, as well, might as well jerk it. You can't play Vigi games. No. You can jerk to your parents doing it. <laughs> That's fun for you. <laughs> so... So then he goes back to bed and, and then he has, he has a dream. dream and we hear muffled moaning. Travis wakes up. Kim is standing by his bed and then starts to straddle him. Oh. She then kisses him, but then black ooze comes out of her mouth. Yeah, this was frightening. He wakes up and is panicking, looking in the mirror. He goes downstairs with a lantern. Kim is at the table. Wait, before, <clears throat> before he wakes up, he also sees himself in the mirror I believe still in the dream. State. Oh, he's still know, in the dream during this. I don't know if he's before they're going downstairs. Oh, okay. I don't know if you saw his lips. They were really puffy and like swollen. Oh, okay. And I thought it was because of whatever the ooze was coming out of her mouth. Right. Well, after that, he goes downstairs, sees Kim alone drinking something, probably tea, says that she can't sleep. And he sits down to chat with her. They talk about what desserts they would be eating. And then he says something like, he doesn't like cupcakes or bread pudding or just anything sweet. But, you know he, what he likes? He likes a nice warm pie. <laughs> yeah. We made the same joke while we were watching this. I was like, yeah, because he's like, I like pie. <laughs> <laughs> Amir, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, I like bread pudding. <laughs> I like pie! <laughs> what dessert? Uh, yeah, if you're in a, like, a full-blown apocalyptic pandemic... And you could have one dessert. Probably. You know what? 
I'm going to broaden it. <laughs> one whole food. One whole food. Yeah, one, only one food. But it can still be dessert then, right? It can, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't just have to be dessert. Some people don't like dessert. Uh, the dessert I want can only be made by Bill Cosby. Oh, God. <laughs> I want some Jello. J-E-L-L-O. Amir's getting butthole stretched. <laughs> No, we're going to have Jello as a sponsor soon, I've heard. <laughs> I I highly doubt that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys like Bill Cosby. <laughs> How about Jello? We have to have Bill Cosby on the podcast, though. That's the deal. I don't want that. He's gross. Damn. Yeah. Andy, your uh, food? Food choice? I don't know. Some pizza? The one food. I mean, that's, that's a safe bet. I like, I like <clears> pizza. Would it be I don't... a specific kind? Tell me. The good kind. I Flavor? I would assume Papa like Pia's. sushi. You eat that way more. Maybe from Papa Pia's. Yeah, I try to eat sushi more because it's healthier for me. Well, it's not that much healthier. <laughs> it is. It's definitely healthier. Are you okay? Are we going to get it from Papa Pia's? <laughs> yeah. <They> just, oh. <laughs> really thinks that's funny. Ryan, I thought it was funny. Ryan? Uh Lasagna. A lasagna. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's not a day go that goes no by, day go by. <laughs> that Ryan doesn't eat lasagna. <laughs> yeah, there is. I have like one a week. But like, I saw I have an two. Entire He's on popcorn now. I saw two this week. No, because I went into the kitchen and I came out of it <clears> with <throat> my plate like actually piled high with lasagna. I went to my bedroom and then I came out like a half hour later with just an empty plate. And then he spent the like 45 minutes in the bathroom. You should do a popcorn lasagna. So like a layer of popcorn, layer of meat sauce. That sounds fucking gross. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. She lays back and he stares at her boobies. Mm -hmm. It gets awkward. Does and he? She leans back. I'm pretty sure oh, he, she I, leans yes, forward. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, no. She leans back. She yeah. kind of like stretches she, yeah. out. And her boobs are more and apparent. Then she, and then she's not wearing a bra or anything. No, because it's, it's the apocalypse. You're not going to wear a bra on the apocalypse. A, yeah. You wear a bra on the apocalypse? <laughs> well, I, I wear a bra every day because I like to be supported. <laughs> yeah, you wear a bra on the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting this episode to be so messy. You're going to lighten up the dark mood of this episode. <laughs> Bill Cosby. Can that be my new catchphrase? <laughs> Bra apocalypse. Yeah, it gets awkward because she clearly notices him staring. And, and then, then he she notices. makes it worse. Yeah, because then she's, she's like, like <laughs> she's like, how old are you, Travis? And he's like, oh, I'm 17. Maybe start that again. And then she was like, yeah, she was like, how old are you, Travis? And he's like, I'm 17, uh, 17. And she's like, that's when I started fucking to my husband. <laughs> well, she does make a, a comment yeah, she's about like, that's like when I met him or whatever. Yeah. Right? Well, you know they fucked when they met. Why? First date. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't like your rap album. First date. First fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So outside, Travis, Paul, and Will are outside. <laughs> Stanley, the dog, sees something and he won't stop barking. Stanley gets free and runs off. Travis chases him. Like something really gets to him because he bites Paul to get free and runs away. And then again, also, we don't ever truly find out why the dog freaked out and ran off, right? No. There's a, there is like this mystery that just goes out throughout the whole movie that we don't get any answers. David Which Lynch would love this. 
Which I think this movie doesn't have a sequel, right? Nope. No. It would be a perfect ground for like widening the universe if there is something out there. It just didn't do well enough. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Stanley barking. St- Stanley's barking just stopped. Yeah, because Travis has chased him a little ways into the woods and then uh, it yeah, just, just ends. Uh, Will shows up with his gun drawn. Paul is upset and trips. He tells everyone to go back. Andrew laughed at him tripping. It's fucked up. <laughs> I would have just shot the kid at that point. I was mostly me laughing because Michelle laughed at him tripping. Mm. Uh, you can kind of notice that he, he has a limp the entire time through. Yeah. And a few times we see him in bed where he's got like tensor bandages on oh, his knee. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like just off screen character development. But he's very angry with Travis. For running away. For running. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, now we have dinner time with everyone at the table. Later, Paul is talking to Travis in his room. He's drawing. He thinks Stanley will come uh, back home. Uh, Travis is drawing some creepy stuff with charcoal. Probably stuff he's been seeing in his dreams. Probably drawing Kim's titties. I would. I'd draw her booty. Because, like, there's no porn, so... Yeah, you gotta make... Could you imagine you just have to jerk off with your imagination? I guess as a 17-year-old, you could probably just, like, freehand, too. (laughs) Freehand? What would you think about at 17 jerking off in your imagination? What would I think of? Yeah. I was thinking about anime titties. Okay. If you could remember that, I guess. Some hentai? Maybe some uh, DBZ fan porn? No. Bulma? No. Misty? I didn't like that stuff. Pokeballs coming out of Misty's vagina? That's just happening. This went in a direction I was not expecting it to. So Paul and Will drink Bud's, uh, the grandfather's old stash of whiskey. Oh, fuck, that's fresh. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> that's smooth. <laughs> he also, we kind of notice when he's like, he pulls it out and Will's pretty hesitant to drink it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, mm, does he have maybe an issue yeah. with alcohol? You know, Paul asks what he did before all of this. Will says construction and all sorts of things. Yeah, he's giving like vague answers yeah. with this. Oh, all sorts of things. I did construction. I did yard work. I did other things. Worked with Bill Cosby. Didn't work out so well. Why wouldn't it work well with Cosby? <laughs> <laughs> I think I he's. I think he's gotten. <laughs> I think he did. He give you a drink. <laughs> Amir's trying out for the new mush mouth from fucking uh, Fat mm. Albert. <laughs> So Paul was a teacher. Will says that he was an only child. And Paul said, I thought you had a brother. This this part, especially in the theaters, this part was fucking tense when he's like, yeah, yeah I grew up as a, an only child. And then Paul stops. He's like, wait, mm, I thought I thought you said your brother. And he's like, oh, yeah, my brother-in-law, like he was like a brother to me. Yeah. And then Paul did fucking Joel Edgerton. Fuck. Amazing here with his just like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go to bed now. I think the performances by both of them in this scene were, was amazing. Because mm-hmm. Will has to play this... I think we all know that Will's probably lying. And mm. you can see Will realizes he's fucked up and yep. letting him go. But he's like, oh, fuck. Like, as an actor, that must be so hard to convey with just your face, you know? Yes. Paul goes to bed seemingly confused and upset. Travis gets out of bed and walks around. Wait... It's not at this point where he says, um, no, he doesn't say anything to him yet, no. So, yeah, Travis is out of bed and he's walking around. He can't sleep. He sees Andrew laying on the floor. Where am I? But then he says, like, in Grandpa's old room. Yeah. Which, then we have to think, 
Mm. Grandpa's old room. Grandpa was sick. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. He brings him back into his family's room, but lingers a little bit too long on them. Yeah, he really was staring at Yeah, he had a weird smile on his face. I was wondering if he was like trying to you know, get a little peek of uh, Kimmy's booty. <laughs> <laughs> He walks downstairs and he hears some banging from the front door. It's slightly open. There's a crashing sound. Travis runs upstairs and tells Paul. All right, Amir. What would you do in this scenario if you were walking around, heard banging, and saw that the front red door is open? The red door that should never be open, by mm-hmm. the way. It's always a red door in horror movies, isn't so again, it? Where am I again? Where am I again? You're by the front door. I'm by the front door. I hear some banging. And you see the door has been open. I see the, the red door has been open. And where does the red door lead to? Outside. Outside. <laughs> I see the red door has been open. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're going to give me an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> I see a trail of breadcrumbs on the kitchen floor leading out through the red okay. door. Uh, um, I follow the trail, obviously, because I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't have a weapon with me. <clears throat> When I get to the end of the breadcrumbs, it's Cosby <laughs> eating a loaf of bread like a monster. Like, what are you doing, Cosby? And uh, he's he's rabid, but not in like the rabies way, like a, an angry, infected zombie way. And uh, in more of a ah, uh, oh, fuck, I got caught <laughs> and I can't lie my way out of this. Exactly. <laughs> and I run back in. I close the the big red door. I lock it up, and I tell my Andy. Uh, I'm your Andy? <laughs> You're my Andy. Oh, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I tell you, you bring the gun and you have no choice but to pop Cosby in the face. I'll do it with pleasure. He's dead. <clears throat> and then we eat Jello. <laughs> I think you both. <laughs> <laughs> Andy? So, walking down the hallway, see that, like, you know, the red door. Like, I see it. And then I'm like, I just, I just want to paint it black. Hmm. Like there's no colors anymore. Yeah. I just want them to turn black. Are you reading that? <laughs> <laughs> Is he actually? Oh my God. And then I see the girls walk by. They're dressed in their summer clothes. And then I have to turn my head until my darkness goes. Could you imagine all three of us in this house and we're standing there, we see the door open and Andrew's just like, gosh, I got to paint it black. And then we just pop in the face <laughs> and drink him outside. Anyway, that's mine. It's terrible. Um, yeah, I'm a pony up onto Amir's here. Uh, he's basically like executed... Uh, what's his face, Bill Cosby, and you guys are eating Jello, and you just passed out. And so I go back upstairs. I go into my closet. I grab out my superhero costume. It kind of looks like the um, Hamburglar. Yeah, I was just about to say the Hamburglar. <laughs> okay, but uh, instead of it looking like it does, kind of look like a prison outfit, right? Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got the stripes. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, it's the Handburglar, isn't it? <laughs> Instead, it's um, this old, uh, what the hell, medical gown that you have to wear in uh, the hospitals. hospitals? Yeah. yeah. It's got like dirt, blood on it, but it's very significant to me. You okay. Know, I've, You've kept it for I've, some reason. I've seen a lot with it <laughs> while wearing this. So I put it on and I put my little mask on, um, which is basically like a 
there's two uh, balls for eye holes and then the mask comes down my nose kind of like a pee pee and I go back into the kitchen I, I pull your guys pants off huge 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 cocks okay thank you yeah I'm putting each other's hands on I, I give them a little shake so you know you gotta warm them up and then I I crawl into the fridge or no sorry 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 no because as we know a fridge can uh withstand a nuclear blast so i'm not going to see or hear anything if i'm in the fridge so I get, I get into a, a cabinet and uh yeah you guys just jerk each other awake can i end this <clears throat> we wake up andy and i we're jerking each other off and we're like oh god we you know we pull our hands off of each but other but why would you be like oh god you just called him your wife so you'd be it's like true Fuck yeah. <laughs> your penis feels nice andy <laughs> thank you but then we look over to the right and we see a mask on the floor and it's Cosby's shot up face. And we look back and we see the rest of Cosby, but somebody without a mask and it's Ryan. Turns out all this time, Cosby Ryan. was Ryan. Cosby was Ryan. <laughs> Are you turning me into a fucking sexual predator? I guess technically hand the burglar is that I yeah. hand burglar is. The hand burglar is. Cosby. Man, Cosby. somebody... Please stop us. The very first bit of fan art we ever get. Please <laughs> make that hand burglar. <laughs> All right. So what, what are we doing here? So he's opened the door and he runs upstairs to tell oh, his right. father, Paul. And then uh, Paul comes down. Stanley is there and his stomach is bleeding. He's really sick. Paul and Will are going to handle it. Travis wants to see, but Paul doesn't want him there. It's a really tough scene because he says, no, I want to see him. I want to see him. And Paul's basically like, you know what? I'll be the bad guy here. I'm going to be the bad guy. Is that what you're going to make me? Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'll do it. And he like shoves him away. He's like, now take him away. I love you. And when this happens, um, the actor who plays Travis, his face just breaks apart. Mm -hmm. His performance is unreal. Uh, I also want to say the effect they used to whatever was happening to the dog was really gross. And it reminded me of our last episode, Toxic Avenger. Go listen to it. We see a dog get oh, shot. Oh, right. Yeah. And it looks really gross. Um, also about the door, we, spoiler alert, never really find out for real how it... No. Yeah. So we hear a muffled gunshot from the perspective of Travis, who is in the kitchen. And then at night, the three men burn Stanley in the forest. Yeah, they still bring Travis there to burn him for some Wait, reason. wasn't it? Wasn't it not uh, the wife? No, well, it was pretty Travis? sure it, it was, was Travis. Travis yeah. The door was open when he got there. Tra yeah, because that. So now they're sitting at the kitchen table and they're, they're trying to yeah, figure they're... out what's happening. And then Travis out of nowhere is like, Oh, yeah, and the door was open. He's like, wait, what? You didn't open the door? It's like, why didn't you tell us this? And then he has to explain what happened in the uh, number of events leading up to Which it. Which is fair, because it's like, oh, why didn't you tell us this? I don't know. Maybe because I fucking went to the door, it was open, I panicked, and now my fucking dog's dead? Yeah. Fuck you, Dad. So he thinks maybe it was Andrew who opened it because he was sleepwalking, but Andrew can't remember. And Will immediately is like, the fuck reach. are you saying? Yeah. He's like, he wouldn't be able to reach the door. Yeah, Kim and Will he think he isn't says telling the he'd truth. Barely be able to reach the door. Right. Good point. Paul suggests that everyone stay apart for a few days. Paul asks for the truth from Travis. Uh, this is like separate from the other family. This is when they've gone back into the bedroom. Also, I think he says a day, but it could. Be. No, he said he's like, okay, you guys go back to your room, take a, some food and water for a couple of days. Yeah, okay. a couple and then we'll do the exact same thing. 
Uh, yeah, Paul asks for the truth from Travis. He asks if he had touched Andrew without gloves or masks, and he says yes. He's like, he's crying at this point. He's like, of course I did. Why would I have? Yeah, he needed to help him. We were in the house. This is a safe yeah. spot. Uh, we get another dream. This is the final dream? No. I think it's getting close to One it. more dream, yeah. Travis is walking through the house, and then he goes outside. He hears a dog barking. He puts down a lantern and picks up a rifle, and then he walks a bit further, and hears two dogs barking louder and louder. But then it's like, it's muffled, weird sounds, mm -hmm. and like screeching and stuff. Travis wakes up from this one dream, and then wakes up in another dream, and spits black ooze into his hands. He has bumps all over his arms. He looks over and sees his grandfather with black eyes, and he's drooling black ooze from his mouth. He wakes up again, but he still sees the bumps but they eventually go away. And yeah, like, that was he's weird. vigorously scrubbing at him. <clears throat> yeah. Because his, his dreams are just getting like worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Travis goes to his peeping spot and listens in on the other family. It sounds like Andrew is sick. Andrew's crying and they're like, we got to make him be quiet or they're going to like hear yeah, him. And they can't like find that. out kind of thing. We gotta and leave. I think, yeah, Kim says like, oh, we have to leave. Yeah. He tells his family he heard Andrew crying and Kim saying they need to leave. Paul asks if Travis is okay. Travis says he's fine, but clearly he's not fine. No, he's starting to get maybe a little sweaty at this point. Uh, we, I want to go back a little bit when they're back in the kitchen talking this over. When uh, Paul randomly just asks, has Andrew ever like sleepwalked? Yeah. Is he a sleepwalker? Uh, and yeah. Kim's like, he does not sleep, like really panicky yeah. in the sense that it sounds like... She he's, knows something she knows she's that, not saying. Yeah. He does. And so the... <clears throat> The theory then would be that like he slept, walked, opened the door. Hmm. Uh, so Paul suits up to confront the other family. Sarah talks to Travis. He says that if he's sick, then I am sick. Right. Meaning Andrew. Both Sarah and Paul walk towards the other fam's room and knock. Paul asks if everything is okay. Did, did the parents not reassure Travis that he's not sick at that point? I feel like they do at some point. I think the mom says yeah. like, it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're not sick. Yeah. Um, so Will says Andrew just had a nightmare. Paul wants to take a look at him. Wall, wall. Will says it's not a good time. There's a point here where he keeps sort of back and forth between Will and Paul. And then at some point, Will just stops responding. And then it escalates to the point you're... Like, yeah. And then Paul down. is just like, open the fucking door. Because, like, at this point, what can Will say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Will opens the door and uh, points the gun at Paul's head. He kind of uh, ushers him inside the room, closes the door behind and him. And Sarah... At gunpoint. Sarah is, like, away from she, this. She and just like, disappears. She's in another hallway. She didn't disappear. She, like, it's a tight... Uh, upper floor hallway that's got a couple of rooms and she went to like this little alcove where yeah. another room is but because mm -hmm. Paul was like you wait there while I do this. I just mean she disappears from RV. We don't know oh, what's, yeah. what's happening yeah. to her outside right now. So he removes his guns from him. He asks him to remove his mask. Yeah, he's like, why are you wearing a mask? We're, We're not, not sick, sick here. No one's sick here. Yeah. Will asks Andrew to keep his eyes closed. Kim and, uh, and Will begin to leave. Or no, sorry. Kim and Andrew begin to leave. Will is pointing a gun at Paul down the stairs. Sarah comes out of the hallway with her gun pointing at Will. Will says that they both need to drop the guns on the count of three. They both drop, but Paul grabs Will, and then Sarah goes after Kim. So outside now, Paul, or no, I think this is before, no, yeah, this is before they go outside. Paul knocks out Will and puts him in a, into the wheelbarrow and dumps him out into the forest. Kim and Andrew are being walked at gunpoint uh, from behind him with uh, Sarah pointing the gun at them. 
Will gets up and attacks Paul with a rock bashing his face. This was brutal. Like you just see Paul's face start to disintegrate at some point. Yeah. And meanwhile, everyone else is just standing around (laughs) while this is happening. It's just so intense. Sarah's pointing the gun. She's like, you stop or I'm going to shoot you. Please stop. She doesn't want to shoot him. Yeah. Eventually. Sarah does shoot him in the back. Paul gets up. uh, He sees Kim running off with Andrew. And he's like, stop, please stop. And then he grabs the rifle. He, you hear a bang, and then you just hear Kim screaming, You killed my baby! Yeah, we, don't, we don't ever see him get shot. No. Right? Yeah. We just see him on the ground. And, and it's fucking, like, it was... She put all of it yeah, into that yeah. scene, for sure. Yeah. Paul then shoots Kim and killing her. So, I guess this will be the last one here. Amir, what would you do in this situation? What's the situation? Um... Who is he in this uh, scenario? We're scrubbing everything that just happened. <laughs> okay, this is a fresh slate. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. You're, uh, you've got Bill Cosby in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fresh slate. It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's alive again. Okay. <laughs> you're, yeah, so you're carrying Bill Cosby in a wheelbarrow. Uh, your wife, Andrew's there <laughs> with you. Uh, she's got a gun pointed at the raccoon family. Oh, no. <laughs> You're walking them down, and then, yeah, the shenanigans start to happen. So we've got the raccoons at gunpoint. <clears throat> I dropped Bill Cosby off. Uh, he's he's still out. He's out cold right now. And the five raccoons... Actually, we have four now. One of them passed oh, away. Oh, no. Yeah, poor little Scruffy. Ah, oh, Scruff. Uh, the f- four of them that are left, they've got their hands up, like, you know, please don't shoot. <laughs> Uh, one of them starts to run and Andy fucking savagely pulls the trigger and destroys that raccoon. No. <laughs> now there's three left. One of them starts to run and Andy blows this one away. Fucking another one runs. Now there's just one raccoon left. Cosby wakes up. Andy's got the gun pointed at this raccoon and Cosby like, please, please, Andy, don't. That raccoon, that's my daughter. <laughs> Rudy. And Cosby and the raccoon run off into the woods and they're like, oh, fuck, whatever. Except they'll come back and just, <clears throat> if they you're come about back, to get that fucking pudding pop. I tell you what. <laughs> I'm really sad because I was quite fond of Cosby, as the two of you know. <laughs> uh, so I kill Andy and then I run after. You Cos- kill your wife. I run after Cosby and the raccoon, and we build a treehouse. Okay. Live in the treehouse for a while. When did we find out Cosby was a uh, horrible human being? I want to say around 2015. Oh, okay. about I was going to say maybe this movie came out first, and then you could kind of justify being like, oh, I still love him. Yeah, it's like I didn't know. I didn't know. Haven't known yet. Okay, Andrew. Uh, so who am I? Same scenario. Oops. So I'm the wife. I'm the wife. Yeah. Same Mar- scenario. I oh. call you Marjorie. You called him Andy earlier. Yeah. Why are you renaming me now? It depends on how I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Depends on if we're in, on good so terms. So I got a gun pointed at the family of raccoons. Yes. Okay. And then they've all got the sick. They got the sick. Okay. And then, and then there's the wheelbarrow with B- Bill, Bill Cosby, Cosby, and there's Amir. Helping you hold Helping up me the hold up the raccoons. Okay, so... Well, I'm just gonna... Uh, I'm gonna tie up Bill Cosby. He's not going anywhere. Uh, and then I guess, like... I'm just gonna let those raccoons just go. Because they're just... They're cute raccoons. They're pretty cute. 
Yeah, they're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. They're pretty pretty cute. Anyway, I'm letting them go. I don't care if they're infected. Just be out of my sight. You're too cute. And then, uh, who else am I dealing with? Just Bill Cosby now? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just wait for the pandemic to, like, you know, sell itself out. (laughs) (laughs) And I take Bill Cosby. And he stands trial for all of his horrendous crimes and goes to jail. It's about time. Put that bastard away. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Ryan? So, uh... Clearly, there are still courts of law in this world. That's what I said. I waited for the pandemic to just settle itself out. Right. Except it was like an apocalyptic one. Where no, people no, are no, killing no, each no. Other, so. no, 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 no. This is just a weekend. What were time with Cosby? What was I doing with him? All that time. Waiting with him? Yeah. Oh, he was outside uh, tied tree. to the tree. <laughs> so he's long dead by the time. <laughs> no, he was feeding him. Oh, was he was I? feeding him, all right. No, I was so, just, just feeding him your jello. I, I'm the kid still, so I run out, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, don't do it. And then uh, as my fucking mom and dad are just blasting these raccoons, blood's going everywhere, and I'm like, you didn't have to do it. You could just let it go. And then, and then Cosby wakes up, and he's like, Argh. so that's what that feels like. And then the credits roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. mm-hmm. All right, let's finish this movie. So after everybody gets killed, they're back in the house. Oh yeah. So everyone's dead. Travis is looking very sick and then coughing, looking into the mirror. Paul drinks whiskey by himself. Travis is on his bed looking very ill. And Sarah says, you can let go. This is what she was saying to Bud at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Travis is in a dream, walks through the red door. We see a bloody Paul, like he's still covered in the blood from everyone he's killed. And he's sobbing. He's not covered in the blood of everybody he's killed. He's covered in his own blood because he got his face smashed oh. in with a fucking rock. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, potato, potato. Paul and Sarah are at the table just staring at each other, looking very worried. And then... It, because they're, all, they're both also sick. Yeah, they're both infected because they've spent this time with all these people. And that's so, the end. That's I will end. say um, the red door was uh, like symbolizing death, basically, because at the end, in the last dream Travis has, he walks through the door and passes on. Uh, I want to talk about some theories that I've read about, and this is the one that I believe. I believe, personally, that the dog, being Bud's dog, potentially carried the infection, and with Travis having the dog... He was the first one, I believe, to become infected. Uh, I know we kind of maybe are led to believe that it's the family that comes in. Right. But I think it's actually Travis that infects So why do you think that there was, Will was so secretive at the beginning and stuff? That's a good question. I, I wonder if it was just like a swerve mm. kind of thing. And just because, you know, people are suspicious in the apocalypse in general. Um, but I do like that idea, though, that it was the dog. Like, that was the... Yeah, um, and, I'm pretty... and and sorry that what would be why maybe the dog was acting erratically because it started right. You know. um, one other note was the dreams. Um, one theory I read that I really enjoyed was that the dreams were actually part of the infection and they yes. were like delirium kind of kind of thing. I'm pretty sure because yeah, that was like the you know how we see these dreams is through Travis, and he's the only one that we see that is having them, and he's having them well before. 
the family um, shows up. Exactly. He's yeah. also the only one out of all of them that we know had the sickness because they right. kill the other people before right. and they're hiding Andrew the entire time as well. I will say that Andrew probably did have it at the end because they kept saying, I thought so he too. hide his eyes. Yeah. Which makes me wonder that maybe Paul had some inclination of it, which maybe could have led to his somewhat erratic behavior throughout mm. the movie. Maybe he was in denial about it. Um, but yeah. So uh, a couple of fun facts here. As for the, um, the title, director Trey Edward Schultz simplest explanation for the film's title which he spoke of at a screening in chicago is that the title came to him early on in the writing process before characters and plot were fully developed and it stuck with him he's also said it can represent the need to rest but at night fear and anxiety can take over mm. so it's basically it comes at night it's kind of like you know travis's anxiety with his dreams and stuff and right. All that, right uh, when shooting the scene where Paul interrogates Will, the boom operator had to sit in a tree for half the day to record the audio correctly. <laughs> and finally, for my facts, the cast and crew of the film signed a non-disclosure agreement that forbids them ever revealing what comes at night. However, fans and critics are in agreement that Travis's dreams are what come at night. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Which means the cast and crew know what it is. And they're not allowed to tell anybody. I wonder when that agreement ends. Right now, bud. So, got some Amir facts here. Uh, it Comes at Night is a sequel to The Precursor. It becomes erect in the afternoon. <laughs> For a PME, the precursor to It Comes at Night was... What the fuck? Okay, here. For a PME... The pre What's a PME? A premature ejaculation. Uh, <laughs> the precursor to It Comes at Night was It Becomes Wrecked One Minute Earlier. That was a very hard one to say. While the boom operator sat in the tree for half a day to record audio, he occasionally masturbated to the videos of the Teletubbies twerking. <laughs> if you go to a subway at night, make sure to bring a flashlight. If the power goes out, sandwich artists can use your help. <laughs> Donate to a sandwich artist today. <laughs> Call 1-800-SUBS-4-MENTAL-HEALTH. That's a very long phone number. <laughs> and first time ever, we've got some Andrew <clears throat> Musings. Andy Musings. No one in the cast knew each other, which made it very easy for Joel Egerton to actually kill three of his co-stars. Yeah, if you go on IMDb, you can see him. It's like, oh, from here to here. To see yeah. Him. When the movie premiered, several people walked out. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I usually like talking about when we went and saw it. <laughs> oh, really? Did that happen? Yeah. Huh, I wonder why. Like at a part where... Because it was, was boring to them, apparently. Oh, fucking losers. To create the body sores, they used expired Easter eggs and covered it with paper mache. CGI was rarely used in this film. In its place, they used 11 secret herbs and spices. <laughs> Some good spices. It's fucking dope. <laughs> Final thoughts on It Comes at Night. So I think I remember you saying, Ryan, that you chose it because you wanted to see if I liked it. And this definitely is a movie that, I don't know, feels up my alley in terms of the way it's presented, the cinematography, the acting, blah, 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 blah. It did give, obviously it's an A24 film. It did give me, in certain scenes, and like the camera work, like Ari Aster vibes to some degree. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I do stand by what I said earlier that I think this could be the grounds. Obviously, it didn't do very well, but for <clears throat> a larger sequel, because I think it's such a vague premise that you can add mm -hmm. so much to it. If but, like, you know, 
like a quiet place deserves sure. like a you know, bigger adjacent, universe. Yeah. This could definitely use a more explanation. Um, my final score is going to be 8.3, Bill Cosby's out of 10. Andrew? Uh, I'm going to give this. No. You're not going to say I'm going to give th- this. <laughs> my thoughts. <laughs> I, it's a hard watch. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch this. Obviously, I haven't watched this one many times. I heard you guys say that in the, at the start. I didn't personally find it to be that. I found Train to Busan to be a more sort of gut-wrenching movie than this one was. Were Maybe. you high while you were watching it? Um, no. Were you high watching this? No. Were you high now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. know. It's just like we were in the theaters. The experience in the theaters, as I'm sure we all know, it's different from watching it at home, right? And, and especially like if first time watching a movie like this, and like I'm sometimes I'm taking some notes down and stuff, so I, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm fully immersed as much as I could be. Yeah, I'm um, still basing it off of, of that first experience, first time, but like yeah. that's this is still like it's you know, if you just went into this movie blind and you just like thought you're getting a monster movie, you'd be like, you know, you'd be very confused. I mean, that being said, I, I can totally understand why it would be that dark or disturbing yeah. for some people. I, I can totally see it. Uh, but for yeah. me, it was just really like fucking, especially Paul tried so hard to do everything right. Mm-hmm. And in the end, everybody died anyways. I was going to say, there's a lot of zombie franchises like the walking dead that try to, uh, add some realism to the world of a zombie apocalypse. I think this is one of the films that I've seen that maybe do it the best to make it feel like this is really going on. Obviously, I don't know, zombie, it's a zombie. sure, sure. But pandemic, whatever you want to call yeah. it, I feel like it is one of the best movies at, at creating a real realistic and believable universe. This is probably, yeah, the, the most realistic one. Like for sure, I think oh. it holds up stronger now too. After oh, yeah. been in our own fucking big time. Uh, so yeah, final thoughts. Uh, score eight. Uh, eight body sores out of ten. I you rated it lower than Amir. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. What the fuck? By three, like point three, point six. So? No, it was three. Three. Fuck. Yeah. It was initially going to be two, but I'll stick with three. <laughs> um. Yeah, this movie was really intense. The first time I saw it, it was gut-wrenching. The second time, I'm not going to re- lie, don't really remember watching it the second time. Uh, but this time, still a really good movie. Uh, highly suggest anyone who enjoys open-ended, which is odd because like David Lynch kind of stuff, I fucking hate it. But this movie, I don't know. It's open-ended in a weird way with the yeah. Lynch movies. Yeah, Lynch... This is open-ended in a kind of like, oh, well, what was the pandemic thing? What was the disease yeah, yeah. stuff? It's not really open-ended because everybody just dies at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, love the movie. It's great. I give it 7.8. Dead wreckers. No! No, fluffy. Just to add to that, I feel like scruffy. David Lynch open ended is like, is that a raccoon or is the sky blue? <laughs> no, it's more like, is that a raccoon or is uh, time meaningless? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that was. Uh, it comes at night uh, on the next episode of Survive the Night. Uh, we're gonna do a. Mo- it's my choice, actually. We're gonna do The Machinist, a movie starring Christian Bale. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people probably know it because he lost so much weight for this film. This one's a weird one because, like, before I had seen it, I went into it the first time watching it completely blind. Mm. I honestly don't even remember it. I just remember it was really good, but I watched Mm -hmm. it when I was quite young. Um, 
like I didn't like nobody I knew had ever heard of seen it and still you're like the only you two and then like Sarah are the only people that I know mm. who know this movie um, just for context uh, one sec here are you about to do context for how thin he gets no no uh, so I think Batman Begins for a lot of people was their first foray into Christian Bale. <clears throat> this was actually my first foray into Christian Bale. I knew Batman Begins was coming out, but this came out a year before Batman Begins. Um, so this not was kinda, American <clears throat> Psycho for most people. Yeah, was that fucking I, loser. I might have seen American Psycho yeah. for me personally. Oh, okay. I definitely saw. I definitely saw that first one before because I loved the book. Not necessarily a straight-up horror film. Uh, definitely sort sort of a psychological body horror. I would body say horror. this is more of like a a weird psychological like thriller kind of piece for sure. So stay tuned for that. That'll be episode sixty-seven. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media on Instagram, we're at s dot dot n underscore podcast on TikTok podcast stn twitter stn pod and facebook just search up survive the night podcast and uh, if you want to email us survive the night podcast at gmail.com and patreon we're doing some new stuff there ryan why don't you tell andy about it yeah well, andrew we're um <laughs> oh okay <laughs> uh as i've mentioned before we just finished our survive the crypt series where we covered the entirety of the first season uh we will be jumping back into that at some point in the next year uh we also did a creepy pasta episode, which uh, obviously we've all listened to because we own the stuff. We do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the one person who's not us that's listened to it said Ethan! they really they really liked it. We have a new no Patreon. Did Sean join us? Sean he has did. joined us. So you can now become one of our Shans. Sorry, yeah. Ethan. Stay with us, though. Keep paying. Yeah. For now, we're everyone's uh, Sean. I was gonna, Sean. I'm just trying to mix their names together. So it's like, oh, our Sheathans. Sheathans. <laughs> Ethans. No. Sheathans. Sheathans, yeah. Um, we should keep adding names to Sheathans. <laughs> Stupid. Eventually, it'll become a name a million letters long with a million patrons. So... Anywho, we did Creepapasta. It was super fun to do. Lots and lots of laughs there. Uh, the one or two people other than us that heard it liked it. So, you know, go check that out if you want to. And we've also just started the It miniseries movie TV show thingy. Uh, we've got one episode out today and then, well, I guess at time of recording this out today and then we'll have a second one out. Yeah later and uh yeah if you want to come and support us that's great only uh, three dollars a month and you can help me get my medicine that stops me from sleep strangling babies watch our uh <laughs> patreons leave <laughs> we have negative yeah. they're taking money from us for existing anyways if you want to join patreon you can find that in links for on our Facebook and our Instagram. Uh, if you do want to join, that's a huge help to us. If you don't, just thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, join us next week for episode 67, The Machinist. You've been listening to Survive the Night, uh, rated 4.9 out of 5 on Spotify. My name's Samir. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> and we're not. No. 4.9 out of 5. What's up? <laughs> uh, I've been here with Andy. Hi. And Ryan. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Giallo.